Mark chapter 6, and let's look in verse number 31 together. The Word of God says, And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place, and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all the cities, and out went them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were a sheep, not having a shepherd, and began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came and said unto him, uh, this, uh, it, it, it said unto him, and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that we may go into a far country round about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread, and give them to eat? And he saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and brake the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. We know this passage of scripture, a very familiar passage of, of one of, um, I would really consider it one of Jesus's more prominent miracles that are often heard about and discussed and taught in Sunday schools and, and shared with young people. I want you to notice their particular phrase in verse 31 though, where the word of God says, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Let me ask you this question as you think about that phrase. When was the last time that you set apart yourself from everything else in order to simply just spend time with God? When was the last time that you just set aside everything else as secondary in order to spend more time with God? Here's God's uh, not command. But here's really his invitation. He says, come. Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Come, come near me. Come be with me and I will give you rest, the Bible tells us. This rest which God speaks of is that relationship, that one-on-one uh, -on -one time which we can have with God. Let me ask you, Christian, are you spending time with Christ? Do you have a time of what we call personal devotions? I'm not asking if you read your Bible through every year. That is a good goal to have. In fact, we, we have tried to help encourage people to do that. We've put together the booklet, you may remember, at the beginning of this year and, and uh, try to encourage you to have your devotions of some kind. But we're not talking about simply just reading. We're talking about specifically, intentionally, and with a, a heart preparation, seeking to spend time with God. Seeking to spend time with God. When was the last time that you uh, just... You organize your schedule in such a way that no other, time, no, no other thing was to interfere except that time that was with the Lord, except that time that you spent with Christ. This personal relationship with the Lord, may I say, begins first with becoming a Christian. Hey, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it's impossible to understand how to have a relationship with him because you don't already have one. 
uh, a relationship with God is, uh, it begins with becoming a Christian. It begins with receiving God by faith. But when we speak of knowing Christ, do you have a specific time of day, a specific place that you go, a specific uh, um, uh, heart preparation that you have in spending time with the Lord? May I say, I, I believe all of us, and myself included, can do better at spending time with God. Uh, there are how many times it is that we can get so busy with life. Uh, I, uh, I've, maybe you've heard this phrase. Some of you have been to, off to Bible college. Uh, one of the easiest places to get away from the Lord is right in a place just like Bible college. Or may I say, flip it to this other side. One of the easiest places to get away from the Lord is even right in the midst of the activity, the ministry, the good things of Community Bible Church. You say, what in the world do you mean? Because it's not just about being busy. It's not just about doing, doing, doing. It's about our relationship with God. You see, a heart choice in serving of relationship is much different than simply uh, just serving. Uh, there is a point of, uh, of serving that if we're not careful, we can serve the man before we serve the maker. Uh, there's a point of, uh, of, of relationship where our relationship can be more man-focused than it can be God-focused. I'm all for reaching the community. I'm all for uh, building a relationship, exhorting other people, uh, sharing the love of Christ. Uh, but may we not forget our personal relationship with God. Do you spend time with God? I mean, do you specifically, intentionally, and personally spend time with him? We can often find time to, uh, especially, I would say, those of us maybe who are younger, we can spend a good solid two and a half hours or sometimes more binge-watching uh, TV shows or, or uh, watching a movie in and of itself. How easy it is to spend a good half an hour, 45 minutes, just sitting and reading a book. How easy it is to sit on our, on our electronic devices and play some, uh, you know, uh, crush candy game or something, you know, where all the, the candies fall in all in order and, and uh, Tetrising. I don't know if you guys do Tetris or not. I, I remember Tetris when I was uh, younger. That was, that was, yes, we were... Of all things we play, we actually really enjoy Tetris. But um, uh, how, how many times those things can really uh, become a distraction from our relationship with God? And here God says, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place. God is speaking to the followers, that is, the disciples. He's speaking to those uh, ones who are already so close to God. And yet he says, come set yourselves apart. Let's, in the midst of our following Christ, Let's make a specific time to personally be with God. When we think of our spending time with Christ, notice what verse number 32 says. It says, and they departed into a desert place. There is a place that they went to meet with God. Let me ask you, Christian, do you have a place that you go to meet with God? I mean, a specific place. Maybe it, it's different for everyone. Maybe yours is in your car. <laughs> uh, maybe you spend some moments in your car when you get to work a little bit earlier. Uh, you're reading your Bible, you're praying before the Lord. Uh, maybe uh, the time that you spend is actually out on the job. I know some people, they drive and they're driving a truck or they're driving elsewhere around town and, and the time that they spend with God is right uh, there behind the wheel. It's just them and God. Uh, maybe the time that you spend with God is actually in what we would call a prayer closet, a private place where you've set everything else aside. No distractions, electronic devices are off. I would say toys, but surely we don't play with toys anymore, right? But all, all distractions being set aside. You know, I find myself even in my office, in the midst of a place that's intended for a place of study, 
uh, I, if I don't clear my desk of the letters and of the, uh, the notes and, and of all the things that I know I want to accomplish, uh, I can easily put them before that specific place that I'm to be having time with God. Do you have a place that you spend time with the Lord? And I say, Christian, all of us should have a place. All of us should have a place. Notice the distance of this place. In verse 32, it says they departed into a desert place by ship. This wasn't just uh, any place that, uh, uh, they, you know, that they were just uh, making happen in their schedule, but yet they had a specific intention to go even in a ship, to go beyond and away and uh, with a purpose to be closer with God. Uh, some of my sweetest moments with Christ, I can remember particularly back in Texas, was uh, there used to be these woods out behind the church, and uh, we would never would really mow much back there, but there was kind of a path, and it was shaded, and you know, Texas itself gets so hot, uh, but we'd get working in the school, and, and it'd be, uh, sometimes I get frustrated with things, and there's so much, the kids are, you know, you can hear them all in their classrooms, and everything's going on, and and you just can't focus, you, you're just a little distracted. So I used to just love to go back into those woods and just spend time with the Lord. Uh, walk back into those woods. Sometimes I'd actually bring a metal chair with me and just sit back there and, and just read my Bible, just pray. Uh, I can remember um, some of the times that uh, I had come before God and even regretted having not had that place with the Lord on a more frequent basis. I found myself spending more time uh, with God when I really needed him than uh, when I should, be, should have been with him on a day-by-day day basis. give you an example. Even in the time just before uh, my coming here to Community Bible Church, I can remember going out into those woods and just talking with the Lord and saying, God, uh, you know my heart. You know my desire. You know the type of place that I desire to serve you in. You know the mission field that I'm desiring uh, to have a part in. May you provide the right place. And I can remember even taking that time that time just, just kind of daydreaming, you might say, or, or meditating upon God's will for my life and just making notes of different things. But then taking a step back after having done all that and say, you know, why, why have I not been doing this more? And I say, Christian, all of us can do better at having that place and, and making a specific point, a point to go the distance to this place. All of us, our schedules are unique to what they are, but it's not to say you cannot spend time with God with your spouse in the, uh, adjacent, in the adjacent other room. It's not to say you cannot spend time with God with your family and the kids uh, running around. But there's nothing like one-on-one, -on -one alone time with Christ in a specific chosen place to be with him. Notice the second thing. The Bible tells us of the distractions of this place. I mentioned this already, but verse 32 says, they went by ship. Where did they go? They went privately. There should be a private, this time that you, this place that you go to be with God, it should be uh, a place that you make an effort to go to, to get away, but it should also be a place that is intentionally and specifically meant to be private. It's not that you have something that's to hide from others. We shouldn't be embarrassed and ashamed to spend time with God, to read our Bibles. It shouldn't become a show, by the way, even when we are trying to spend that time with Christ. But uh, it should be with a, a specific intention to set everything else aside and give our focus to him. The Bible tells us that the display of this place, in verse 33, the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all the cities, and out went them, and came together unto him. The Bible tells us that others saw them with the Lord. They desired also to be with him because they saw the desire of those that were spending time with him. 
May I say, Christian, as much as if you're truly spending time with God, as much as you may even seek to have a private time with him, private prayer, uh, a private Bible reading, uh, that alone time with Christ, if you're faithful to it and you're consistently at it, uh, others will notice. And not, they may not necessarily always know where you're going. They may not always know what's happening in your life, but they'll see, they'll see the change and the effect that, it, that, it is, taking, that is taking place in your life. Uh, one of the first things I can remember being asked, um, uh, Brother Larry Kuntz, he, he's the uh, director of Neighborhood Bible Time, uh, and having traveled Neighborhood Bible Time during one of the summers, uh, he would always ask us, you've know, you got 20, 30 evangelists uh, that are going out each summer, uh, but he, one of the first things he always asks, even to this day, how's your devotions? Uh, he's, he would call it, um, uh, how's your PDDDR? I can't remember what it stands for, prayer, devotional, something with God. And he said, how's your, how's your devotional life? And, uh, some, you know, I'm not going to lie to him, you know. Sometimes you just have to be up and straight with him and say, hey, you know, it's not what it should be. Well, what's going on? What's wrong? He'd always be trying to help me to keep us accountable. But the point of the fact is, is there should be that time. And, and it shouldn't be that we need to have somebody. Hey, praise God for those that do help keep us accountable. May I say this also I, for your husband, for your wife, uh, if, if this is something that you know your own spouse uh, maybe struggles with, help each other with it. Just keep each other accountable. You know, I'm all for, hey, have time, spend time with God with your spouse, but there should be a time where you alone are spending time with him. Because does God not tell us and command us even in his word that he is to be before all things in our life? And that is to say even uh, in the time which we spend with him. You say, yeah, but I'm one with my spouse. Well, that's true, but uh, God has a will for all of our individual lives. And, and the time which we spend with him personally, the time which we spend with him personally, helps us to fulfill our role in our marriage, in our family, whether it be the role of the wife, the role of a husband, the role of a child in the home, whatever position it may be. But the Bible tells us the display of this place, as others see the difference, as others see the difference that it's made in your life, as others see the consistency, um, uh, will, could that be said of you, that others do? Could that be said of you, that, that you are spending that time with him? One of the things that my wife and I, uh, we've, we've helped some, I know even here in the church, we try to help those who uh, just uh, get saved and, and try to go through what we call discipleship classes. And, and really what that is, is just spending a block of time. And, and uh, if it's doing a, a Bible study in itself or uh, just teaching them how to spend time with Christ, how to pray. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, uh, even with young people, teenagers and, and adults, they say, I, I don't even know how to pray. I've, I've never prayed before. I, uh, and uh, just teach them how. Teach, and, and these types of things, how to have a relationship with God, can it be said of you that you have a place that you go to meet with him, that you go the distance, that you remove the distractions, that, you, uh, that the display that you have is not for show, but it's out of a genuine desire to grow with Christ. And uh, by the way, the place that you meet with God is not, uh, is, is not to be only at church. Some people say, well, I'm going to church. That's, that's good enough. Uh, and, and, and you can flip that around. Some people say, oh, well, I'm reading my Bible. I don't need to go to church. Uh, when, we, when we consider the place that we go to meet with God, uh, it, it does include church, but not just only church. 
When we talk about the place to go meet with God, it does mean your Bible reading and your prayer life, but not just and only your Bible reading and prayer life. Uh, th- there must be a faithfulness to the Lord in these ways. Let me give you the second thing. The rest you have with God. We see the place you, have with, you meet with God, but the rest you have with God. We see three things that prove uh, that true rest is found in the Lord. Notice what verse 34 says. And Jesus, when he came out, saw... Much people, we see Jesus and or God, he sees your desires. You see, God knew every desire of every one of the people who came, not just the disciples, but also of those uh, people who, were, who eventually were there and they feeding the five loaves and the two fishes to them. And uh, he, he saw the desire, he knew of the desire. As we would understand and know that God knows everything, uh, would, would it, could it be said of you that your desire is to be with him? Could it be said of your, you that your desire is, is to have that one-on-one time with God? The more time you spend with God, may I say, the more he will increase the desire to be with him. And so uh, we see God sees your desires. How desirous are you to be with God? Uh, number two, he knows your needs. Verse 34, and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. God knew exactly what they needed. What does a shepherd do? He knows exactly how to care for those sheep. Uh, a shepherd will walk the field, he'll pull up plants uh, that are poisonous or that are not healthy uh, for the sheep to eat. Uh, a shepherd uh, will keep track of the flock and, and will count to make sure that all are accounted for. And if there is one that is, miss, one that is missing, he'll go and find. And so we see God knows our needs. He knows exactly what we need uh, and, and what it is that we need in our life to help us to grow in him. But do we see that we need him? Do we see that we need him? It's not that do we see that we need uh, to, to have our, our work schedule, our uh, at-home schedule, our leisure schedule. But it, 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 can it be said of us that uh, it is our desire to have rest with him? Can it be said of us that it, we see it as our need in life? There is a difference between a want and a need. Do you see God as being the need for your life? Without him, you have no source of strength. I had somebody tell me just a few weeks ago, they say, you know, when I come to church, I want to be fed. Uh, Well, you know, the truth of the matter is, whether church or Bible reading or prayer life, it should be so the desire of our heart that we say, I need God. Without, I have nothing to live off of. I have have no, no, no way to grow. And so the Bible tells us that God knows exactly what we need. And may I say, that's why God has given us his word. Amen. That's why God tells us we can come to him at any time in prayer. That's why God has given us his church to come and worship him and to grow closer with him. And so God knows our need. Let me give you the third thing. He teaches. He teaches many things. The Bible says in verse 34 that he began at the end of the verse, he began to teach them many things. True time spent with God is letting God teach you. One of the things I've learned in my own personal devotions is uh, before I just read my Bible, I need to pray and ask God to do a specific work in my life. I'm not just reading the passage to obtain the subject, to obtain the knowledge, but to receive the application. And, and, and how many times I find myself that I don't always get the application the first time, I need to read again. <laughs> uh, I didn't get what God had for me from that passage. I need to pray again and say, Lord, I know you have something here for me. Please open your word uh, to, with understanding to my eyes and my mind and that I may apply it to my heart. The Bible tells us that God ha- has so much to give us, but do we see the need? 
Do we have the desire? Let me give you the third thing. The Bible tells us of the place you meet with God, the rest you have with God. But lastly, the time you spend with God, the time you spend with God. Notice verse 35. The Bible says, and when the day was now far spent. They, they've been out there for a while. Uh, they've been out for a good while. Boy, uh, how, how stickler we can be in our, uh, our own time spent with God uh, where, uh, you know, we, we come to church and we say, uh, uh, preacher, it's time to get out. <laughs> uh, or, uh, wait a second, uh, are we going to start on time? Or we say, uh, 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 pastor, aren't you going a little bit long this time? And, and, uh, but the Bible tells us now that not, the day was far spent. I'm thankful to say that even as a pastor, in the times that I can be long-winded, Jesus was also, amen? And uh, he, he spent a good time with, with these people. And, but notice the Bible tells us uh, not to rush your time with God. Don't rush your time with God. In verse 35, the Word of God says that his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place, and now the time is far past. The, the, the disciples tried to cut their time short. They said, you know, uh, we've been out here for a while. We've got a lot of things we need to do. Uh, we've got life to go on and live for. You know, I'm not saying that you need to go quit your job and you need to become a hermit in your house and read your Bible through, uh, you know, 20 times in a year. Uh, that's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, but what I am saying is, as what God tells us in his word, that there should be a place, that there should be a time, that there should be a specific um, uh, desire that you have to have rest with God. And so uh, don't rush that time. When you, when you have time to spend with the Lord, let him do a work in your life. I, I'm a firm believer there's a certain point where uh, you can, um, you, you've already milked it for all his worth. You just, uh, you know, uh, you, you, can, you can take things a little too far. What I'm trying to say is, is, is uh, if, you, if you read scripture and you're just reading just to, you know, get through it, just to, read through the chapter, to read through the book, uh, you're, you're, you're missing the whole point. Uh, you know, th there's so much that's there, so much to receive, um, uh, that if you break it down in smaller portions, even for yourself, to soak in, to meditate on, how much better that is. I have to remind myself all the time that even in my preaching, that uh, uh, sometimes... Uh, the, the application and the point can be so better made with fewer words. And so speak a little less and get right to the point, back the truck up, unload, and be done, you know. Uh, but uh, the, really the same so much applies to the individual when, when we consider our time with Christ. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. If God's working, if you know that God's working your life, you get all you can get. And I've shared this with you before, but get a notepad, write some things down, make some personal notes, make some goals for yourself. Uh, read, you know, one of the great things about chapters, although they're not inspired, but great thing about chapters and verses that is they help to set those goals. I'm going to determine to finish by this point, by this day, but not rush it. If, if God, uh, if I get stuck in that passage and I just uh, am, am, am in it, uh, then I'm going to stay there. Now, we all know those Sunday school teachers and those pastors that uh, can be stuck on that same lesson for a, a waxed, eloquent amount of time. Uh, again, there's a point where it can be uh, much, but your personal time with God, you can never spend too much time with God. Amen? Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Let God work. Let God do the work. And uh, so, notice the second thing. Think of the needs of others. In verse 36, the Bible says, send them away. Here's what the disciples are saying. Time's now far spent. Get rid of all these people. These people are all hungry. They're all mumbling. There's, you can hear their stomachs growling. Right? Send them away that they may go into the country roundabout. 
and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. There's no thought with anyone else in, in, in all of this time which they spent with God, but time spent with God is not just about you, it's also about others. That which you receive from God is so necessary to be given to others. Amen? What you receive from Christ in your personal devotions should be on the forefront of your mind to be ready to be shared in testimony. It's unfortunate to say that uh, it, there are, it's, it's a very common thing in many churches that when the pastor or uh, the evangelist or someone says, hey, let's have a time of testimonies, and people stand up, and, and the testimonies uh, are, are more about uh, specific prayers than they are personal time spent with God. Uh, what I'm trying to say is sometimes we can, we can praise and, and specify so much on just the needs that we believe we need for our life and we're designed for God to help us in, rather than simply saying, hey, look at, let me share with you what God has fed me in his word. Amen? Let me share with you what God has fed me. Uh, our, I can remember the youth group that I uh, worked with uh, in Texas. They, some of them, you know, working in the Christian school, they were, they were preacher boys, so they'd preach in the school competitions and things. And, you know, they'd learn how to do their outlines and they'd learn how to wax eloquent a little bit. And I'd have to tell them to, to, um, to you know, don't, don't get carried away in their testimony time. They'd practically be preaching. And I'd have to remind them, you know, a testimony is not a sermon. A testimony is you sharing with others what God has done in your life. And uh, can we share a testimony of what God is actively doing? Uh, you know, uh, it, I, I'm not going to do this, but uh, if we went around the room and uh, to every individual in this room and say, hey, what have you read in your Bible reading? What has God spoken to you about? Uh, ask yourself, could you say before God that you've been faithful in your relationship with him? That you've been finding rest in him? That you've made time to spend with him? That you have a place that you spend with him? Notice in verse 37, the Bible tells us not to question the work of God. Don't question the work of God. Verse 37, he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? So the time spent with God is not a time to question why God is doing things in your life. So many times we can say, God, why are you allowing these things to happen? At the end of the day, God is always good. Amen. At the end of the day, God is always gracious. God is always merciful, uh, and, and, it's, and it's new every morning. And so it should not be a time of asking God uh, why, but simply just letting ourselves be fed. Now, look, we've all been in, in those times in life where we simply said, God, why is this happening to me? I'm not saying you don't analyze your life and try to figure out maybe what God is speaking to, your, to you about. I'm talking about, though, that, that attitude or that spirit of insisting upon before God, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Out of, one out of frustration, not with a desire to grow, but one out of a frustration with the Lord. So don't question the work of God. Uh, the Bible tells us uh, that God, with compassion, saw the need. He says, give ye them to eat. And uh, here the disciples are saying, where are we supposed to get the money? Where are we supposed to get the food? Uh, where is all this supposed to come from? Don't question the work of God. Just let God work. Amen? Don't, don't, don't overthink, by the way, the time that you spend in your Bible reading with God. Just let God work and just let God speak to you. Uh, don't, you know, sometimes we can so um, even almost read too much into things, you know, and, and somebody says, oh, I saw a message from God in the clouds, and he said, uh, I moved to Nebraska, you know. And uh, the Bible tells us uh, don't, don't question God's work. When God has given us clearly how he speaks to us, how we can grow in him, 
let that become all sufficient for you as all that you need and all the answers that you need, even when you don't have all the answers. Amen. And so uh, look at the last thing here. The Bible tells us in verse 39 and 40, and he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. So here we see a specific intent to sit yourself down, to sit yourself down. You can never truly spend time with God if you can't just sit yourself down. And this was a problem with the disciples, even knowing that they were to have a place, knowing that they could find the rest in God, uh, but yet they tried to rush that time, and it was God who said to the whole congregation of people that were there to sit down. Sit down. Spend the time with the Lord. Let yourself feed upon what God has for you. Uh, that... that that we would be reminded of the very things and the principles that are brought out to us. In verse 41, the Bible tells us that God never stops giving that blessing. Hey, when he divided those loaves and those fishes, they were, uh, it was divided, the Bible says, among them all, verse 41. There was enough to be given to everyone that was there. Here they're sitting by hundreds and by fifties. The Bible tells us that there were uh, 5,000 people that were there and present, and God yet still gave and the blessing still came amen there is you can never get too much of god's word notice the bible tells us in verse 42 that god will fill you with blessings the bible says they did all eat and were filled the the blessing which comes from christ and spending time with him uh, is is such a uh, a rest it's such a, uh, a fulfilled filling it's it's like um you know, going to the pizza ranch and filling up in the buffet and you leave and you say, man, I'm just, I'm just full and ready to go. I say that because I was at pizza ranch the other day. But um, uh, you fill yourself up and, and uh, th this is the, the, the feeling of sufficiency and, and uh, of, of, um, of satisfaction, of knowing that you've been fed of God's word. The Bible tells us that God leaves remnants of his blessings. This, this is one of my favorite principles of this passage in verse 43, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. God gives so much that if we truly seek to get all that we can get out of it, it's going to be overflowing. <laughs> it, it, there's going to be so much of it. There's going to be fragments that remain. Uh, one of the hardest things to do as a pastor is, is not just to preach absolutely everything that you study. Uh, you know, you want to share it all. Uh, but when, when God gives you and he speaks to you and you want to share the message, uh, you, you, you got to get right to the point again. But it, knowing in my own life that there are those fragments, there are those extra things that you say, man, I just want to give everything. And when God does a work in your life, when you spent that specific place, that time, and you found that rest in him, boy, those blessings, those overflowed blessings, you can't help but want to share them. Amen. That, that time which you spend with that communion, which you spend with God, will become all that much more sweet. You'll want to stay sitting and communing with God. You'll want to spend that time with Christ. Uh, if you're growing in Christ, you're a new Christian, I would encourage you, don't read through the book of Leviticus. You're going to discourage yourself, okay? Read through the book of John. And get, and it's, read through the book of First and Second John. You're, you say, well, I've, I've read through some of those books many times. Well, what about your Bible? Look through your Bible. Maybe you mark your Bible. I, I like to mark mine. But are there passages that are untouched in your Bible, pages that are still stuck together, uh, passages that even you in your Christian life, that you could say, I really don't know much about those passages of Scripture. Spend time with God. Let Him speak to you. 
the, some of the greatest moments I can remember spending time with God is studying through the minor prophets and the major prophets. Such little books speaking so much of the judgment of God, but yet with such a powerful message in each one of them. Uh, like uh, really hidden gems within Scripture that are often forgotten. Uh, mark your Bible up. Let yourself get excited in spending time with Him. Uh, I've, I've, I've challenged you in this already, I believe, but um, we, we consider the new year which we're in. We're already more now a month, nearly a month and a half into the new year. How much time have you spent with God? Have you made a specific place to spend with Him? Are you finding a true rest in what time that you do spend with Him?